All right. So as I mentioned, our guest today is Autumn Ryder. Autumn, welcome to the program. Thanks for being a part of Actus Radio. Again, by way of background, Autumn is Director of CDI Staffing Services for Trust HCS, where she works with clients from multiple facilities to serve in their staffing and auditing needs. And I'm very pleased to have her back here today to talk a little bit about uh, best practices for auditing HCCs. So, Autumn, I thought we could start with maybe this question. You know, because hierarchical condition categories or HCCs, see, I'm, I'm having problems saying it, are still relatively new, especially compared to DRGs, I was hoping you could spend just a couple minutes to our audience explaining what these are and sort of how they're both alike and different from MSDRGs. Sure, sure. So I guess, you know, what's first important to explain is that um, what an HC is, HCC is before we compare and contrast them to a DRG. So HCCs were developed as a risk-adjusted payment methodology. Um, they're captured, of course, in the inpatient and outpatient settings. Um, but you also need to realize that there's two different sets of HCCs that were developed. One was developed by CMS in 2004, and the other by Health and Human Services in 2014. And the ones for HHS are primarily used for commercial plans. Um, CMS's model uh, was designed for basically patients over the age of 65, and the HHS model was for patients under that age. Um, each set has a different number of HCCs that are allocated to them. So for the CMS model, there are 79, and for the HHS version, there are 127. Um, the difference in the HCCs noted for the HHS model is due to the inclusion of obstetric codes, congenital complications, other psychiatric diagnoses that aren't included in the CMS um, set. Each of these categories is assigned a risk-adjusted factor that is very similar to a relative weight in the DRG model. Some HCCs are, of course, CCs or MCCs that we are already capturing, and some are not. Um, each HCC has multiple codes that are assigned under the same number. Like the DRG payment model, the weight is assigned based on the complexity and severity of these diagnoses. HCCs are hierarchical in nature. An example would include a patient that had a history of various cancers. So not all HCCs pertaining to the malignancies would be reported. Um, other items that affect the reporting of HCCs include combinations of diagnoses, such as CHF and other coexisting conditions like CKD, diabetes, et cetera. All of these components are used to calculate the patient's risk-adjusted factor, along with demographic data pertaining to that patient. Uh, the RAF score is then used to help determine what the potential healthcare costs will be for that patient for the following year. So, as you can see, just like the DRGs, there are more accurate and specific documentation we promote as CDI, the more accurate picture possible for these patients in the healthcare setting and the costs that they will likely incur to the facilities. Each HCC um, should be documented at least once in a year's time frame to be added into that risk-adjusted score calculation. HCCs like DRGs uh, are like DRGs in many ways. So um, HCC, HCCs are similar to DRGs as they are grouped into patient categories based on similar healthcare needs and predicted costs as mentioned above. Um, they are also noted are also assigned RAF scores, and these are used for payment calculation. 
The RAFs are used in conjunction with a base rate, just like our DRG payment model, to calculate healthcare costs um, and other associated fees. HCCs, though, are used as a predictive mechanism, while DRGs are assigned after the encounter has been completed. So unlike a DRG, where there is a single assignment per encounter, a patient can be assigned multiple HCCs throughout the year. HCCs, for the most part, are reflections of chronic conditions where a DRG is based on the acute condition that warranted an admission. Other essential components to be aware of is the fact that HCCs have a pay-for-performance program. HCCs will affect reporting in many initiatives such as TSI-90 and cost reduction. And documentation supporting correct assignments of HCCs is important as certain HCCs are inclusions or exclusion factors for certain reporting data affecting these campaigns. According to the Actus Pocket Guide for Outpatient, um, this affects many uh, physician practices and we should you know, definitely be aware of the HCC capture. Gotcha. So important distinctions there. Appreciate you drawing those, Autumn, between you know CMS and HHS, and um, sort of the prospective nature of the system and uh, you know the, the way it operates. So good stuff there. You know we're talking obviously today about auditing as well and best practices for an HCC audit program. So what have you seen in terms of red flags with accurate reporting of HCCs, especially? when it comes to that outpatient arena, physician practices you just alluded to, you know, is it is it that physicians aren't documenting the diagnosis itself or is it they don't always document the support for the reporting of the diagnosis? We hear a lot about, you know, the meet criteria or monitoring, evaluating, assessment, treatment. Is that not being met or maybe some combination of the two? Well, I think, Brian, it, you know, it's very similar to what we're running into in the inpatient world. A provider feels that the documentation is there to capture diagnosis being treated, um, but really in the minds of uh, coding aspects, it's not. So it's a matter of education. Um, just as we continually do in the inpatient setting, this will be need to be reinforced in, for our outpatient providers. I think both the lack of diagnoses and supporting evidence um, can and will continue to occur until we really understand um, that outpatient setting and get in there and promote what documentation is needed to be there to support the HCC capture. Um, a huge component will be supporting documentation to allow for a code captures um, and what is being treated and how we're assessing things. It's you know not enough that a provider just mentioned that he's monitoring a specific diagnosis, but we need to see the supporting evidence there. What did he do? Did he order lab work? Is he changing medications? Um, the question that all outpatient CDI will need to ask themselves is, you know, is this diagnosis addressed and is there supporting evidence in the documentation by the provider to capture that code? And again, this is a, a very similar scenario to the inpatient setting um, and how we report secondary diagnosis. We're just doing it in a different arena. Excellent. Well, maybe let's get into a, just a few more details about the process for auditing and making sure that that uh, support is being captured. You know, what what do you recommend for clients or for hospitals for a process? Is this is it the random record review where you pull just a, a random sample to get a cross section, or do you recommend a review of certain maybe higher risk HCCs, however you're defining that, or perhaps some other process? 
So just like I would recommend on how to do an assessment for your inpatient setting, I would do the same for the outpatient. Um, I would select a random number of encounters for each provider in the practice within a certain time frame, um, preferably around you know three months, not going back much further than that because documentation can change. You want something that's fairly recent so you can instruct them on. Um, review for potential HCCs that are missed in the coding process and which had documentation to support an additional HCC or a more specified HCC in the hierarchy. Uh, were the diagnosis supported with the documentation in the notes or do we need to give um, additional education to providers to support um, the codes that we're picking up? The findings should be obviously reviewed for common errors, misdiagnosis, other areas of education that can be delivered for the providers. Um, showing them how the HCCs can affect the RAF for each patient uh, can help provide initiative for this change. So really, I would start out with a randomized look. It just gives you a good overview of what's going on. And from there, you know, you have a baseline. You can monitor what you're doing and see how it, the changes occur in the next months to come. Gotcha. I like that. All right. Well, you know, we just spoke about some compliance red flags, perhaps. Um, you know, in your experience, are there HCCs that are typically underreported or not carried over appropriately from the prior year or encounter? Uh, you know, we you've alluded to earlier in the show how these are often chronic conditions. I can imagine it's easy for those not to be redocumented uh, by the physician when appropriate, for example. Uh, so, any any thoughts about the the underreporting aspect? Yeah, so um, I think that all HCCs have the possibility of being overlooked as focuses of care changes and the acuity of some of those diagnoses take precedence over others. Uh, for example, maybe the year prior, a patient had some newly diagnosed type 2 diabetes, initially uncontrolled with frequent bouts of hypoglycemia, and we were really, you know, tweaking the medications, trying to adjust them to get them stable. After this acute phase is controlled and focus kind of turns to other issues, the chronic complications that occurred may fall off the radar of the providers as these diag other diagnoses take precedence. And so just making sure that we're still documenting those chronic components of the diabetes that's still there. It doesn't mean that, you know, the diabetes no longer exists. It means the patient is likely on medication now and being monitored, but it's more controlled. It is essential, though, for the provider to continue to document this to show the patient's risk. Uh, this continued review is why outpatient CDI is becoming essential because we need to continue to capture these items and make sure that the provider uh, accurately reflects that risk-adjusted factor for each patient and reflect the comprehensive care that is being given. So I think, you know, it, it's just making sure that the provider is still noting what he's focusing because, you know, let's be honest, all those chronic conditions he's thinking about and formulating that into how he's treating the patient now, he just may not be putting those down on paper, and that's what we need. Hmm. As they say, think in ink, I guess, or electronic yes. type, whatever the case may be. All right. Um, you know, maybe, Autumn, we could wrap up with a last question here. So if someone's listening to this program, maybe they're thinking about, you know, they've got their Medicare Advantage or they've, you know, they want to get started in some type of HCC audit program. What do you have for recommendations? Are there any tips, best practices, maybe an online resource that you rely on or anything else they should consult before they uh, jump in with both feet on this? 
Yeah, sure. So definitely, I would say my first step would be performing an audit if possible of the site that you wish to start at. You need to know your starting point so you can have a focused approach and show success from where you grow. Um, I would devise a reporting mechanism for changes that you've made so you can somehow measure your impact. I think that's what some of the most challenging components right now is how do we measure that impact for outpatient CDI. In the inpatient world, of course, we have it down to a science. So not all CDI platforms um, enable us to use outpatient CDI, so it may need to be something as you know, simple as an Excel spreadsheet when you first start out, but you need to track your progress. Uh, I would definitely say start small and perfect the auditing process. Know your focus, and I recommend starting with one provider office that you know you will have good participation in. And then as you fine tune your practice, expand out from there. Uh, like I said before, definitely use the technology available to help you and understand the mechanics of the everyday workflow of the office. Um, you don't wanna be a hindrance. You want to work with their current workflow process and be engaged with them as a team member. Uh, re definitely review the regulations and rules surrounding HCC capture and outpatient coding. It's a different world than the inpatient arena that most of us are so used to working in. Um, and I would say one of the most leading um, reference tools that's out there is the Actus Outpatient Pocket Guide. It's a great resource for someone who's looking to start a program, as well as um, the Actus Outpatient White Paper. Um, additionally, you know, coming to the Actus Outpatient Symposium is a great place to hear about other accomplishments in the outpatient arena and see what others are doing and what has worked for, worked for them and what maybe didn't work so good. So you can help fine tune um, the program that you wish to start. Well, I appreciate it, Autumn, and thanks for the kind words about the Actus resources and uh, thanks for sharing your experiences on this important topic today. Well, thank you so much, Brian. All right.